Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ray and Tay Today. Talking sports with friends. Ella, just talk about sports. Here it is, y'all. We're on the air. Sit on the sofa, throw your hands in the air. We're talking sports so you can come on and listen. NFL predictions, what you're missing, nothing. We got you covered for college football, too. Every fantasy football. Friday, you could get what you need to hear. Mondays and Fridays, we're always here. Live on the air, you know it ain't fair. Hello, hello, and welcome to the NFL preview show. <laughs> You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayfight. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. I don't know if we either of us thought we'd be able to say that even just. Thank you for listening and joining. And you know what? The NFL, like the NBA, they got their testing and stuff down, and it looks like we are going to have a 2020 season. So Ray and Tay, we're going to give you our standings our sleepers, postseason awards, and, of course, Super Bowl 55, Ray. See, Ray and I, as we turned 50, the Super Bowl is five years ahead of us, so we always can remember what Super Bowl it is. It's pretty simple. But, Ray, let's talk about some of the offseason moves and, and how we think things can go in general, right? We know about the, the, the Phillip Rivers, the Brady to the Bucks, Rivers to the Colts, you know, some of these big changes, new coaches uh, for different teams. Um, what is your biggest sort of off-season move that will go moving forward into this season that will affect the season the most? So I can get into some specifics, but – the first thing that strikes me is that I never in my 55 years of following the foot NFL <laughs> remember an offseason. Forget about COVID, right? That's crazy. Who knows what COVID's going to bring? But remember an offseason where the quarterback position is so important, and yet you have three huge names moving. So think about this. If I told you five years ago, in the same off season, Philip <laughs> Rivers, Tom Brady, and, and Cam Newton <laughs> would be on different teams in the same off season, you don't really get moves like that. Now, granted, the two of the three, Brady and Rivers, are towards the end of their career, and you know maybe have a year, two, three left, but they could still lead you to a championship if the pieces are right. You know, this is not a Brad Johnson, Trent Dilfer situation. I mean, these two can lead you to a team. And Cameron Jarrell is coming off of, before he got injured, he was, six looks and like two. he was rounding back into form, six yeah. and two, coming off that uh, comeback year. So, look, again, they're not 22 years old and they'll all admit it, but in a league that protects the quarterback, to have these three be free agents and be on different teams. I think that to me stood out. I, I never remember an off season like that. No, I totally agree with you. I think it's fascinating. I think, you know, the, the rookies, obviously, you know, Joe Burrow's the only one starting. We got to wait for Tua Fitzpatrick's there still at Miami. 
and we have to wait for Justin Herbert, who, you know, Tyrod Taylor is man in the ship and, you know, some big injury news that affects our picks, right? I mean, obviously Derwin James breaks your heart to get hurt again. The stud star safety, one of the best all around players in the league for the chargers. And then just recently your boy Von Miller looks like he's done for the season. Um, you know, which, you know, definitely just switched my picks for the standings, just like only by a game. But I think what's fascinating is, like you said, with the COVID, we don't know how rookies will be, how some of the free agent moves will adjust, like Stefan Biggs to Buffalo, you know, what will happen with some of the Raiders moves, you know, the Patriots getting Gronk coming back out of retirement. So it should be fascinating. I'll tell you this. I, I think about a bold pick. And we might see, Ray, between the Arizona Cardinals and Dallas Cowboys, two teams to have three wide receivers get 1,000 yards. Could you imagine that with the Cardinals, Larry Fitz, Christian Kirk, and DeAndre Hopkins, one of the big offseason moves, and then the Cowboys, Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, and your boy, Amari Cooper, what are your thoughts about the offensive explosion and is defense going to be at a disadvantage because of COVID and, and less preseason and no preseason? Well it's, well, it's interesting because usually it's the other way around. It's usually offense that takes the hit first because it's easier to react than it is to, uh, you know, run plays and go execute. But I think you're right. This is going to be chock full of offense. It's going to be like the NBA. This is going to be running up and down, scoring a lot of points. We'll talk about NBA. No and no crowd noise. Day. And talk about that. No, no home to advantage. No crowd noise, right? That's what's fascinating. That's, that's very true. And you still have travel, though. So the home team, to some degree, still benefits from the fact that they don't have to get on a plane and go, you know, especially – traveling now is difficult. I mean, I'm sure they're all going to charter, but still the whole quarantine and, and safe travel. So there's, that's the only benefit to being at home, which, which is not insignificant. But back to your point, think about this too, specifically with the Arizona Cardinals. Right now, statistically, your boy, Larry Fitz, is the second most prolific, productive receiver in NFL history behind Jerry Rice. If you think that DeAndre Hopkins, you know, has even better hands than Larry Fitzgerald, which is kind of amazing to say, right? But he probably might have the best hands ever, better than Jerry Rice, better than Randy Moss, better than anybody, right? Those two guys, now granted, obviously Fitzgerald's at the end of his career and Hopkins at the, right at the peak of his career, and Christian right. Kirk is no slouch, but those two on the same team, if, if you think about it as a, as a young Kyler Murray, how exciting it is to have those two on your team at the Ooh. same time. I mean, talk about... You could have one of those Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson jumps. Everybody's talking about it. We'll see, Ray. It it's could possible. be interesting. And, hey, let's not forget, not only is Cam Newton going to New England, but Bill Belichick's got, like, eight guys off his defense because of free agency and COVID. He's got no Brady. He has, you know, they cut Muhammad Sanu. So Josh McDaniels is going to rewind to the Tim Tebow tape, and let's see where Cameron Jarrell Newton has got up his sleeve. I think New England is one of the most fascinating stories, and we will see 
how Bill Belichick cuts his medal. Like this is good. This ah, oh, this season's going to be crazy. Let's get to the let's get to the picks. You know what I mean? Because and also, you know, we tip our hat to Andy Reid and the Chiefs because it is hard to repeat, and they are looking at maybe a dynasty. I mean, look at the offseason contracts, right? We just you know Patrick Mahomes five hundred million. You just got you know Dak is on a franchise for thirty what one. Deshaun just gets 40 a year. You know, I mean, these guys, there have been some huge paydays from the quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre, but also today, Jalen Ramsey set the cornerback market. Woo! What was that, five for 105? Good. Yeah, yeah. Lord have mercy. But I like the fact that DeAndre Hopkins negotiated his own deal. How about that? How about them, Hey, we, listen, this is the age of grown men. Let's, let's make it happen. You know, why, why I got to give all that dough to, uh, to an agent and stuff. But we do, we, we got to say Andy Reid. And um, so this is a quick question. I wasn't sure on this. Are certain teams allowed to have fans based on their city? Did they say the Chiefs are going to have like 10,000 fans in there spread out? Is that right? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, we'll like, follow up I on think that. that that's unfair for like, you know, competitive balance. I wasn't sure how the NFL was going to do that, but I thought I heard something about, unless it's just outside like pregame. I don't, I don't know. It, no, I think you're all... right because I remember these, they were saying no tailgating, but there are certain teams that are allowed to have NFL fans. And Based on I your guess state. it's up to and the jurisdiction. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up real time. I'm doing yeah. uh, I'm doing some producer action. So the Buffalo yeah. Bills are not going to allow fans, but the Dolphins are going to allow 13,000 max. Okay. The Patriots will not have fans in their first two home games. The Ravens will play in an empty stadium at least for the beginning of the season. So each each team has basically uh, said what they're going to do. The Bengals but that's will not, not play with fans and they're open. Do you like that? It should that. be uniform. I, I don't it think... should be, but you know what though? With all due respect to the NFL, you start now. You start now encroaching on the governors. You know what I mean? Like uh, no, no. But I'm saying like, look, it, if, if half my league, if half my league can't have fans, then I wouldn't allow the others to. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't mess so with governors. That's the only way to make it equal. That's the only way to yeah. get people with the lowest so, common like, denominator, which is so the Saints lose their home field advantage because of New Orleans and what's happening in Louisiana. You know that's unfair. So that's what I'm saying. It's just that's that's bizarre to me. I, I'm surprised the NFL because remember in off season they said everybody can't go to the facility to work out. Then nobody does. So then why now for the regular season? I guess because of what you know ticket sales and money. But that's it's weird. Anyway. Let's get to the picks. Ray, you set us off. I'll do first NFC. You do first AFC. AFC East, give it to us. So here's the only question in the AFC East. Is Buffalo for real? Because you know that New England's going to be there. Now, you could argue they're going to be 8-8, eight 9-7, and, eight, nine and seven, maybe 10-6. and six. Remember the year that uh, Tom Brady went down and uh, your boy Cap. He, he, he had them at 11 and five. Now that was in the prime time years. I think Buffalo will do it. I'm not a Josh Ooh. Allen fan. Not yet. But I think this is the year. And I think that the, the, the combination of Stephon Diggs and Singletary and Josh Allen, that D is tremendous. And exactly. I don't think that D gets enough. Don't sleep on yeah. Zach Moore, fantasy football sleeper. 
You got your boy Zach. Okay. So that team is got tremendous D, and I think that they fly under the radar a little bit. Everybody talks about the Niners and the and, and oh, the Ravens. Oh, great! One of the best corners in the league, right? He got big payday too. You know, they're they're awesome. So I think this is the year they do it. I think that they go nine and seven. I'm sorry, they go ten and six, and they beat out New England's nine and seven. And then you have the also Rams or the Dolphins and the Jets, and you can flip a coin as to who's going to finish ahead. I got the Dolphins at six and ten, and the Jets at five and eleven. So, to me, this one is all about Buffalo. It's Buffalo's chance. It's their opportunity. It is their time to take a division title, just like the Miami Dolphins did once in the Brady era. The Dolphins, Chad Pennington, pass the torch exactly in the Chad Pennington era. They're going to pass the torch to Josh Allen. I'm not saying this is a dynasty in the making, but I am saying that they could, this is a year they could win it. All right. I, I've got Patriots and Bills tied in nine and seven, and the Patriots will win the tiebreaker based on the division record. I think Belichick finds a way, Josh Daniels finds a way with Edelman and some of these other guys, and they just – they figure out between James White, Rex Burkett, and Sonny Michelle. Unfortunately, Damian Harris is on IR for the season. They figure out a way to make it work. They get the division. Bills get the wild card. Jets and Miami, both at 5-11. But I do think Fitz gets you two wins. And then later on, weeks somewhere between two six two and, two and two nine, Mr. Tua comes in and gets you, gets you three wins. But Miami will definitely be on the upswing for next season. So that's my AFC East. AFC North, what you got? Oh, boy. Here your big question is your quarterbacks. He's back. That's, well, that, that's your question, your quarterbacks, right? It's all about the quarterbacks. Is Baltimore for real? Can they play from ahead? Can they play with a target on their, on their chest? So, in other words, is Lamar Jackson going to repeat his MVP performance or at least put up those kind of numbers? Is Ben Roethlisberger, does he have, still have gas in the tank? Is Joe Burrow for real? And what's with Baker Mayfield, right? It's about time that he either is a, you know, top-tier quarterback or not. So I think what happens is Baltimore goes 11-5. and five. Lamar Jackson's for real. He takes them, wins the division. Your Pittsburgh Steelers are second at 9-7. and seven. I think Roethlisberger does have some something left in the tank. You guys have depth at the skill positions. Uh, I like what you've done with Johnson and, and backing up Connor. I, so I, I do think that you guys have enough tools around Big Ben. The D, if healthy, you guys are good enough to, you know, be 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. I, It could possibly be 10-6 and six if things fall your way, but I got Our you 9-7. Legit. Cleveland Browns stuck at 8-8, eight and eight, but – they're very talented, so I can't see them doing, you know, much worse than that. And then Joe Burrow, while he'll throw up a lot of offensive numbers and look, going to Boyd and if Green ever gets healthy and having Joe Mixon in the mix, that's that's he's coming in to a loaded, you know, a loaded offense, but I still think that that division is too tough for them. So I got them at five and eleven. But Joe Burrow might might surprise people at how poised he is for a guy that's really only started you know, one and a half, two college seasons, he's going to be, he's going to be legit. Uh, uh, I, I do think he'll put up, no, he'll put up big numbers. So Baltimore wins that division at 11-5. All 
Yeah, I agree with Burrow, but not like that caller we had months ago who was like drinking a Kool-Aid that they were going to win the division. And Cincinnati's offensive line and Zach Taylor still a little raw and not necessarily ready. So I have Baltimore. Yes, Lamar will get better. But what makes this team even more better, like Mo Better Blues, is Mo better butter. they got Derek Wolf and Calais Campbell to lock up the middle so Derrick Henry and people won't be running down Baltimore's throat no more. So that stops today. 12-4, and four, Ravens win the division. My Steelers, we are back. And not only do we have Connor, we've got Anthony McFarlane from the Yo Terps, and we got Benny uh, Snell from Kentucky. So we got three good running backs, Deontay Johnson, Juju, and James Washington. Don't sleep on James Washington. He's about to step up and be our real number one over Juju probably. And Big Ben's going to look good over 4,000 yards. We get the wild card at 10-6. and six. Cleveland falls a little short at 9-7. and seven. I think Miles Garrett, though, is up for defensive player of the year. He'll be in the top two or three voting. He's going to be a monster with at least 15, 16 sacks. And then I do have the Bengals at 5-11. AFC South, Ray, what you got? So this one could be a complete coin flip. You could take any of these, obviously, except Jacksonville. You could take any of these teams and say they'll win the division. Obviously, Tennessee, with their deep run in the playoffs last year and re-signing Henry and Tannehill and locking up that offense gives them some stability. But I think Houston is going to come out and surprise people. Houston Oilers? <laughs> Houston Oilers. Houston Oilers. Yeah, Warren Moon is going to come back and play a little uh, something. Deshaun Watson got paid, right? So that put that aside. And even though you can't lose a Bertier, you know, you can't lose a DeAndre Hopkins. You cannot nah. lose a DeAndre Hopkins. That's a Van Gogh, baby. I think Will Fuller's ready to. to he's, he's not DeAndre Hopkins, right? Don't get me wrong. But they've been playing together. He's made a lot of plays and a lot of hay with your boy, Deshaun Watson. I think David Johnson is going to remember why he was a number one overall fantasy pick two years ago. Because he really is a three-down back. He can catch out of the backfield. He can run. I think he'll get a little Ponce de Leon you know, mm. it's not that he's getting old, but I think people are starting to write him off. And everybody said that trade was one-sided, that that Houston got robbed. You think and he's ready? I think he's ready. I think he's ready to go. So Houston, to me, ties Tennessee at 10-6. and six. And, you know, tiebreakers, who knows who will win the tiebreaker. But let's say Houston wins the tiebreaker. Tennessee's at 10-6. and six. Because you know what? I don't think Tennessee got any better. I think that they have another well, year. Well, there's a gentleman named Davion who just went over there. See, so they might you know what? They, you know what? I, I, I don't know. I think Davion was playing for the contract, and we'll see. We'll see if he puts him over the edge, right? I don't think that was Tennessee's problem, right? Problem was not, you know, on defense was an edge rusher. I think ultimately Tennessee's problem. I, I, I believe Ryan Tannehill's overrated. And I believe Derrick Henry's not dynamic enough. So they, these traits are going to catch up to them in the playoffs. I think mm-hmm. they'll do fine at 10 and 6. And then number three, Phillip Rivers, 8 and 8. 
Indianapolis, they are stuck in a pretty good division. So I think if you put them in another division, they might do better. But I think playing Houston twice, Tennessee twice, they get to play Jacksonville twice. So I think they're 8-8, eight and eight, and I think Jacksonville is just terrible. I think they're just the worst team in the league. They need to be blown up, and they'll finish at a league-worst 3-13. and 13. Gardner Minshew! Well, yeah, Minshew Mania is fine, but he's winning yeah. three games. Nah, nah, the stash, baby. The late night, the late night stash, the risky stash. I look. I'm gonna say this. I do think Clowney will help. I do think they, you know, did make some moves. They have some receivers to help AJ Brown. I don't love Tannehill either. You know what I'm saying? And you know, hey, still, it's kind of like you know, nobody still is giving a sniff to Colin Kaepernick. But that's like a job right there where I'm like, hey, I, I don't think Tannehill's better than Kaepernick. But that's a whole nother conversation. But I'll say this. Tennessee's got a winning formula that's defense and running the ball. And, Clay, and Clowney can help create turnovers. Their defense is pesky like their coach Rabel, Rabel was. And I think they get the, they get the, they get the division. The two and three, Indy and Houston, I think they both finish eight and eight and fall short of the playoffs. I think People are hoping Philip Rivers still has it, but I think Rivers still has it like three touchdowns, two interceptions a game, and that's going to get you to eight and eight. He's still got that Jameis in him, even though he'll have a clean line. I just think Philip, I don't want to say his arm is shot, maybe it's decision making. I don't know what it is, but you know, it could flip a game. Maybe they could get to nine and seven. I do like the Colts' defense though. And DeForest Buckner will definitely that and Darius Leonard and Malik Hooker in the back end. They they have all three levels. The defense is legit. So it could be eight and eight or nine and seven. And then like you, Jacksonville, three and thirteen, Ray, the AFC West. So in this division, I can't see anybody challenging KC. I got them at twelve and four. So I think they're mm. pretty much a lock to win that division. Then you got to ask yourself, Denver took a hit now with Vaughn Miller going down. They yep. have Drew Locke at the quarterback position. They have a Melvin Ingram that needs to reinvent himself and show the world that he is worth the big money that the Chargers didn't want to pay him. But I think Denver finishes at the bottom. So you got Casey at the top, Denver at the bottom. Then – you got to say between the Clippers and the Las – how long is it going to take you to say the Las Vegas Raiders? The that Clippers? You watching the NBA? You watching the NBA game? <laughs> Las Chargers? Vegas Raiders. Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> it's just – No, it's, it, it is weird for both those franchises. It's weird. San Diego Clippers became the L.A. Clippers. <laughs> the San Diego Chargers became the L.A. Chargers. So, anyway, putting the movement aside, though, but, but it, it, it's funny. you got L.A., you know, the San Diego team moves to L.A., and the, yeah. and the uh, you know, Oakland and L.A. team moves to Las Vegas. Uh, but I think there you got to make a decision on, do you think that the Chargers will get enough quarterbacking to – put them in the number two position and I think they do I think they'll stitch it together I think Tyrod Taylor is a fine quarterback uh look I don't I don't know that a friend banking on him um and eventually he's a placeholder 
But I think for now they'll go nine and seven. I got the Raiders going seven and nine, and they really have to figure out what's happening with Derek Carr. So I think that they're going to have a nice, warm reception in Vegas. And in fact, I think the diehards from Oakland may even represent, and even from LA, you know, it's a four-hour drive, may even represent in Vegas. So I think they'll have a nice home field if they, you know, if they can let the fans in. But Chargers to me at nine and seven. Austin Eckler is my sleeper Ooh. fantasy player that never gets enough respect. Put He's Austin Eckler on your on your squad. I mean, obviously he goes top 10 running back, but he's nice. And especially in PPR, he can, he can, I've been burned by Austin a few times. I've never had him, but oh, yeah. I've been burned. No, by he's he's, he's going to be a problem. So I got Casey at 12 and four, the chargers at nine and seven, Los Angeles chargers, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders at seven and nine. And the still in Denver for now, Broncos <laughs> at five and 11. Don't worry, Broncos fans. You're not. They're never leaving Denver. Okay, that's nah, not. Right. They're, they're mile high city. They're there forever. So I'm gonna say the Chiefs get the number one seed. No hangover. They, you know, signed everybody and their mama. Even Sammy. Even Sammy Watkins took a Who team. Everybody thought would go. Everybody would go. Sammy too. Watkins off. I mean, just imagine to keep Tariq Hill, Sammy Watkins, Mar- uh, Marco Hartman. Hartman, and then you have Kelsey, and I mean that's, and then you got you know, and you're still paying have um, forty-five million. I mean, they're doing some GM salary well, cap managing, or they have some capology. The defense, so they're they're doing a good job. But Mahomes did give him a friendly. I mean, look, the the length of the deal makes him get all that money, but he did give him a little room to sign other players you know he didn't he didn't cash out the bank he left a little room for some other homies right so 13 and 3 they're rolling the chargers i have it nine and seven getting into the playoffs as a wild card i would have had him at 10 and six or more if derwin james was there and but like you said with tyrod i think he'll finish the season i don't think your boy justin herbert's really ready yet and this team will be too good defensively to kind of bench Tyrod. Because one thing I'll say about Tyrod, remember, he broke the Bills' mafia streak of not making the playoffs. He led them to the playoffs, what, four seasons ago. So Tyrod's got the ability, and he doesn't turn it over, but he doesn't make the big plays. But what helps him is Hunter Henry, and when Mike Williams gets back, he'll miss like week one or week two. But you know what I mean? And then he's got Keenan Allen. So nine and seven. The Vegas Raiders, I got them going up. Originally at seven and nine, but I dropped the Broncos down a game because of Von Miller. And Bradley Chubb might miss week one, week two. Denver's in trouble. But Oakland will be eight and eight. Sorry, the Vegas Raiders, right? Vegas Raiders will be eight and eight. Gosh, I even wrote Oakland in my on my sheet. Gosh, you know, I tell you, I'm not ready. And then the Broncos will be five and eleven. But Drew Locke, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and was it uh, K.J. Hamlin? Melvin Ingram. They, they will be, and Melvin Gordon will be. Melvin Gordon, I'm saying. Yeah, will be very, and don't forget Philip Lindsay and, and Noah Fant. They've got a legit offense. So this will be, I think, uh, am I the real dude year for, for Drew Locke? Like, I think he'll take a step up and he'll either show that he's the guy or Elway's got to be like, you know what? 
forget this, I'll sign Cam Newton or I'll sign, you know, somebody else and, and start all over again. You know what I mean? But you'll find out. I know I hate to put that pressure on him in year two. But a LA lot of pressure keep, in year two. Yeah, but he can't sure. keep doing it. He's not going to have the defense and Von Miller for too many more years. So he's got to get a quarterback in there so they can do it in the next two or three years if they're going to make a run. So that's the the five and eleven. So let's go to the NFC. Oh, actually, you want to run? You want to run through our AFC playoffs? Or sure. Yeah, let's let's, let's do let's it. Get that the AFC Super Bowl. So you start off AFC wild card. What you rolling with? Tie break their way in. So I got Steelers against Baltimore. I got, Casey's obviously the number one seed. So I got seven Steelers against just two Baltimore. I got New England coming in at six against Houston. Tennessee against Buffalo. Okay. Mm. So now I got KC meeting Buffalo. So Buffalo, Buffalo surprises people wins a game so buffalo takes out tennessee and then i have baltimore beating your pittsburgh steelers and houston beating new england getting that monkey off their back so i got afc championship number one seed kansas city versus the number two seed baltimore ravens not a lot of doubt there not a lot of uh, basically going chalk mm-hmm. i'm saying well, number one number two kc wins 33 24 and goes to Super Bowl 55 representing the AFC. All right. My AFC playoff picture, the number seven Chargers battle the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens, a two-seed, get that done. The number six-seed Buffalo Bills battle number three-seed Tennessee, and Tennessee just too much Henry gets it done. Then I have the number five seed Pittsburgh Steelers going to New England, not Brady's New England, but going to the Patriots, and the Steelers get that done. So then divisional weekend, I have the Steelers battling KC and KC taking them out. Then I've got the Tennessee Titans battling the Baltimore Ravens in the rematch of last year, and Lamar Jackson gets over that hump, ladies and gentlemen. And Calais Campbell shuts down Henry, and they get the victory. AFC Championship number two at number one, Baltimore KC, and the Baltimore Ravens edge them. Tucker, twenty-nine, twenty-eight, and the Ravens will be in the AFC Super Bowl fifty-five. Now I'm gonna set off the NFC. I'm gonna set off the NFC, Ray, and. What's fascinating here is that the NFC is not so chalk like the like the the AFC. You know what I mean? There are so many teams, and it can go so many different ways. It's uh, it's really kind of kind of fascinating. You know what I mean? You just don't know how it's going to play out. So, where's my NFC teams? Uh. Gosh. Here, I got, I... I got your picks if you want me to. No, it should be right here. Okay. Yeah, so the NFC. In the NFC East, the Beast, even though there's some injuries, I'm still holding on to the Eagles because I saw what happened last year, and I do like their coach. I still am not sold on Mike McCarthy ever. So I'm going to take the Eagles, even though everybody's jumping on the Cowboys bandwagon, 
I'm going to say the Eagles win at 10 and 6, Cowboys 9 and 7. Okay? Then I've got the New York football Giants. Joe Judge is going to have them running their sprints, doing their push-ups and sit-ups, and bringing some stern kind of like, you know, rah-rah discipline, but it will help. And Barkley's going to have 1,000, 1,000, a great year. They're 6 and 10. And then the Washington football team finally got rid of the silly name. They're only going to be 4 and 12, but I'll say this. Chase Young will be a monster, and that defense will be really impressive. Um, you have to earn all the victories over the Washington team. And Haskins will, you know, kind of just – he'll show you that, that you could build off of him. So I like them. Oh, I thought you were going to say he'll show you that he's not the man. <laughs> no, I, I, I think, you know, I just think they don't have enough weapons for him. You can't go with Bryce Love and Terry McGlovin and, and, and Antonio Gibson and think that that's enough. So what's your no, NFC? No, certainly not. So I have Dallas and Philly tied at nine and seven. I don't think either of these teams is going to run away with the division. But you have a good point. Last year was Dallas's to lose, and they lost it. They could have done something in the last four weeks of the season and did nothing. Philly came back, and Carson Wentz, even losing all of those receivers, was able to lead them to the playoffs to me wins a tie break, but that could go 50-50, right? But basically I have Dallas and Philly at nine and seven. Washington and the Giants are terrible. I think they both have to figure out if their quarterbacks are the right people to build around. I think in the Giants case, Daniel Jones is the guy. I think that um, – Can he hold on to the football this year? I think he will. I think he will. Look, he's only second year. He came out of Duke, right? He didn't even come out of a major program where he was uh, – Buckley is a good coach, but he yeah. he just needs time. He just needs more reps. And this is the year for, for Haskins to tell you if he's a man. Look, also, if Washington starts losing games, your boy is back. Alex Smith is back, number one overall pick, back from the injury. Yeah, you know, so, so. I don't know. Oh, that's a hard one. And then you got to also consider there's two gentlemen – named Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, too. You don't want to tank for Tua like they were doing this year, but you're right. I mean, think about the people, Denver, who would – I mean, obviously not Cincinnati, right, but Washington. No, it's Jacksonville, Denver, Washington, Denver. you got to watch out for it. Exactly. yep, would be the team to tank. Two of those three players could be going to those three teams, right? Um, but yeah, I think, I think ultimately Washington. So I think we have pretty much the same. I'd have Dallas and Philly tied, but Giants three, Washington four. Okay. So, and by the way, I do not have the Cowboys, even though they're nine and seven, they don't make the tiebreaker to make the playoffs. So my NFC Norris division, shout out to Berman, the NFC North, um, this one was like a, a coin flip for me. But at the end of the day, I did like the Packers' defense. I didn't like them taking the quarterback from Utah State, even though I'm always going to be all Aggie. Um, Jordan Love. But I did like the Boston College A.J. Dillon because I think he is going to be a surprise uh, sleeper rookie to help Aaron Jones and they will control the clock, and they're going to use Aaron Rodgers to improvise on third downs, but kind of ground and pound a little bit and win the division at 10 and 6. 
The Vikings, I never would trust Kirk Cousins, but he got it done last year in the playoffs, right? The touchdown to Kyle Rudolph in the corner with the push-off. But Minnesota will get the wild card at 10-6. and six. The Bears, I think they'll be – okay, so what week will Nick Foles take over? Is it week three? Is it week six? I don't <laughs> I don't think Trubisky, oh, he improved, he won the job. Oh, Habernashi. I don't believe it. It's fool's gold. Mitch Trubisky, he does have to run more. If he does, he can keep teams off balance. I still think the Bears are 8-8, eight and eight, and it's a shame. It's another year wasted of that defense. Um, and then the Detroit Lions, they are like the Chargers of the NFC. They always are injured. Now you're starting Adrian Peterson. I mean, Carrion Johnson will be there, so he might start too. But already DeAndre Swift is hurt. Bo Scarborough is out for the season. So, you know, you hope Stafford stays healthy and you don't know, you know, you could rely on Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. And I love TJ Hawkinson, who I picked up as a backup tight end in fantasy football. So they're 5-11. and But I just – this might be the last year for Matthew Stafford. I, I don't. He's got a little Philip Rivers in him where he gets stats, but doesn't he doesn't win games, you know? And the last year I of the feel, coach. Your boy's on the clock, Patricia. You. No, I feel you on that. Uh, and Patricia's a defensive guy, so at the very least, you got to control your side of the ball, right? You know, yeah. you well, can have a Patriots, defensive. Right? He got Jamie Collins and somebody else. He got some. He got some dogs over there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and he locked down his cornerback. Yeah, I tell you what, the the in the draft, right? Um, who some people are saying could be the the defensive rookie of the year. I have a similar layout as you. I think that the Green Bay Packers win the division. I think they go eleven and five. Remember last year, they went thirteen and three. Thirteen and three, yeah. And and yeah. Matt Lafleur ended the season at fourteen and four. Right? They win a playoff game, they lose a playoff game. Pretty good for a first year head coach. I think that Aaron Rodgers is playing with an enormous chip on his shoulder because what Aaron Rodgers makes Neil Brown though. Oh my goodness! Oh wow! If you could Aaron keep... Rodgers is is the same Aaron Rodgers that should have been in retrospect taken number one overall, and he slipped all the way down because of one Alex Smith, and then played three years behind Brett Favre, who didn't give him the light of day, and said it wasn't my job to teach him. And then eventually the Packers said, thank you, Brad, traded him to the Jets, and then he ended up in Minnesota. But bottom line is Aaron Rodgers probably still feels a chip on his shoulder because of that. But, but now that chip just, got, just grew. He said, wait a minute, you're Brett farming me? So <laughs> I think he plays for the rest of his career. I don't even know if the rest of his career is in Green Bay. But the rest oh, of his career not. he plays with a chip on his shoulder. And okay. that deep, I think there were eight. He and needs one. another ring. He and Drew Brees need another ring. Yeah, he was eight. He, I think it was eight and one in in uh, one score games. Now that's hard to replicate, but I do think that it shows you that they are pulling. They're not dominating teams, but they're pulling off the victory as they need it. The defense is probably one of the better defenses that he's had in his career. He just needs more help offensively. I mean, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, those guys can carry the load but I think he needs receivers he needs receivers to become you know the 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 number twos and number threes that he's been used to right who's the Randall Cobb on the roster who's the you know the, the Robert Brooks on the Allen Lazard that's your guy 
No. <laughs> no. Listen, they need to bring James Jones a- off the NFL Network. Bring him back. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? I still think they have enough to be 11-5. and five. I think Minnesota comes in second at 10-6. and six. Again, Kirk Cousins is going to put up great numbers. You know, Stephon Diggs wasn't getting the ball enough, and they ended up just deciding to go with Adam Thielen above him. Dalvin Cook, I think his contract situation, you know, put that aside. He's a tremendous player. If he can stay healthy, you know, Kyle Rudolph still has some mileage left in him. Uh, They got, you know, a feisty coach. They got a defense. They've got, you know. Don't forget Justin Jefferson from LSU. Well, that's the thing. So Justin Jefferson, he only caught 18 touchdowns as a as a, a junior at LSU, right? That's in the SEC. So I'm not sure, and this goes back to your question, right? I'm not sure rookies are going to have the same impact, the same talent level would have the same impact as they would, you know, a couple of years ago when you had more training, more OTAs, more working with the quarterbacks. So, you know, while I think Justin Jefferson is the man and they'll probably be okay without Stephon Diggs, I'm not sure he's ready this year. Just because, not no fault of his own, just because he just doesn't know Cousins and Cousins doesn't know him. So I think that they do fine, though, at 10 and 6. Chicago, they're going to move to Nick Foles, like you said, pretty early in the season. I think that Khalil Mack and that defense is still elite, but to carry them in a pretty tight division. Uh, so I think they go eight and eight and Detroit, like you said, Stafford is going to put up numbers and Kenny Galladay is, is one of the better wide receivers in the league. I mean, quiet as kept he and Marvin Jones, that's a nice little duo right there. But the problem is again, Detroit needs to get better on defense and they've never solved the running back situation since Barry Sanders retired prematurely. And you know, that Does that boy A.B. get 100 yards week one just to shut everybody up against the Bears? I could see I Peterson doing would. that. I, I bet he could, I man. He he's amazing. Don't, don't know, ever he's count out A.B., Washington. He surprised day. us with the Redskins, or what are they called now? The Washington football team. <laughs> That's T. They're and like a that, <laughs> they, uh, So, anyway, I think that uh, Detroit – you know, might just have to got? blow it up. I hate Where's to say it. Six and ten. Six and ten. All right. The NFC South. This is where it gets really juicy. Look, I think both these teams are going to be good, but I think the division is so tough, no one's going to run away. And so I think the Saints win a tiebreaker. They're at 10 and six. They get the title. I think Brady, Gronk, OJ, Evans just got a little banged up in practice. Hopefully he'll be okay. But Chris Godwin, uh, Cameron Bray, then you bring in Leonard Fournette, right? Wrong. Little handoff guy. Then you still got Ronald Jones and Shady with some screen passes. Brady's set. Like, he's got more toys and weapons than maybe he's maybe ever he's had. Maybe ever had. Yeah, sure. I mean, it might be and, – and what people don't understand, you still got Shaq Barrett, Pierre Paul, Levante David. This defense was really on the upswing the last seven weeks of the season, and they got a good coach, a good OC, DC. You got Arians. You got our, um, our boy, Todd Bowles. Yeah, and Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles. So I think Tampa Bay is going to make some noise, and they're 10-6 and six wild card. Um, and then – 
And ironically, right, the Super Bowl is down in Tampa this year, so can he make it there? The Falcons are just, they're an enigma wrapped up in an anomaly, wrapped up in like a quandary. Like, you just don't know. You don't know what Dan Quinn's going to give you or not, right? I think ever since Shanahan left, they've been kind of whatever. And we know in that Ryan, we love him for the stats. He's like Matthew Stafford's cousin, right? And I think they're friends that he'll put up the numbers but will he get you W's? And we know his feet get nervous if the pocket's not clean. So we have to test their offensive line. We have to test their defensive line if they can get pressure on the quarterback because they've been inconsistent as well, right? So I can think Todd Aiden Gurley may- save that team. Well, Gurley, I think I just don't know if the knee is going to be 100%. I think you'll get the best of him the first eight weeks. The question is after that, where you know, can he go through the full season, right? So I do think the Falcons will, you know, one week you'll be like, wait a minute, they beat so-and-so 31-17. And then the next week you'll be like, wait a minute, they lost 27, you know, 16. You know what I mean? Like they'll be, they'll be like that. So I have them made an eight. And then the Panthers will be an impressive 5-11. And let me just say this. Don't sleep on Matt Rule. I don't like big 12 coaches or whatever and all that, but I think this guy, him and Joe Brady coming from LSU to OC, they got a little something different. And I do like Teddy B. I think Teddy B showed himself in in New Orleans, showed himself well in the playoffs, only lost because of a field goal, a bad kick, right? You know, before he got injured with the Vikings against the Seahawks. Teddy B is accurate. And he can move the chains with his legs when he has to. He's not the athletic quarterback, but he's a good – he doesn't get sacks, right? He, he, he makes a quick read, and he's done. And I think your boy, Christian, is 1,100 and 1,100 again, right? I think, I think with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuels, I think they've got some quick slants, curls, quick outs with Teddy B and they're just going to be moving the chains and just a quick offense. So they're going to be a very challenging five and 11, you know, they're going to be a lot of love for a five win right there. But it's because (laughs) your defense, Ray, when you lose Luke Keekly, where do you go from there? And they don't not only that, but the way they lost him, I don't know if he was saying things in the locker room to let them know, but as soon as the season was over, he's like, I'm out. And you were like, huh? How did that happen? So they used to, you know, they got used to Davis and Keekley for almost a decade, and then suddenly, boom, both of them are gone. You're like, whoa, we lost our complete identity. Yes, and I don't think they have enough defensively. They still were trying to fix their secondary. Now you got to work on the linebackers and the defensive line is eh. So that's where they struggle, and the O-line's not great either. So they've got the talent on offense, the, you, know, you know, outside all that and McCaffrey, but – it's they're two years away, right? Right, and in that division, you know, you've got oh, some pretty. Yeah. You have some so firepower: you New Orleans, Tampa, your... and Atlanta. You know they can score. So if you can't score, if you're not explosive, and you're a below-average defensive team, you're in. You're in for a lot of uh, a lot of beatdowns there in Carolina. So I, I'm less. I mean, I got them. It's funny. I got them at the same five and eleven, but I'm less optimistic. I think they're going to take a lot of punches this year. Um, to me, like you said, it comes down to who will win between New Orleans and Tampa. I think New Orleans wins nine and six. Tampa's sorry, ten and six. Tampa's nine and seven. 
Tom Brady shows out to be professional and conserving, conserving his energy, conserving his hits. I was going to say, does the arm die week 16? And his arm, that's a good question. Remember Drew Brees, people were saying when he got that elbow hurt and Taysom Hill and Steady B took over, Teddy Bridgewater took over, it was a blessing in disguise. So I wonder if they can put Brady on a pitch count. If there's a way, assuming COVID doesn't take over and they, you know, we still play. We still play. I don't even know. I know they just signed Josh Rosen, but who's there too? No, Josh Rosen. Yeah, well, Josh Rosen is basically off the But that was good for him because he can learn from Brady. If he's ever going to have a shot in the league, this is it. That's true. I actually wouldn't have mind true. if my Steelers picked him up, but you know. But think about true. think about a guy who was a top ten pick, and um, but he was too arrogant, Ray. I don't like the work ethic, you know. He, he I know, just... but he didn't even get a chance. So, oh, by the way, number two is Blaine Gabbert. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's what's wrong with the NFL. Just the fact that you could say that. And, you know, when you think about Cap and other cats, you're like, come on. And somebody just signed Josh McCown from, like, retirement at 41 or 42. Uh, <laughs> you try to tell me Kaepernick is not better than all of them. meritocracy, Ray. That's, <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that on a different episode. But, uh, anyway, yeah, so I say, so it's the same thing. New Orleans, number one. Tampa, number two. Atlanta, seven and nine. Again, I just – let me ask this question. Would you look at Atlanta differently had they won that championship? Had they not blown that big fourth quarter lead against the Patriots? Would you look at Definitely Julio because, Jones you know what? as it's champions, it's, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan? Yeah. But at the same time, it's – you're right. I mean, yeah, 8-8, eight, 7-9, eight, and because you just don't know is the O-line ready. And and I think Calvin Ridley steps up to be like a one a one A, you know, behind Julio. Like I think they're gonna have big numbers, but it just I don't know the secondary, the defense. Like I just, yeah. So I agree. And so you have Carolina at five and eleven. Carolina, so the NFC yeah. NFC West. This is going to be the most impressive division and. It was hard because I was like, could everybody in this division be eight and eight and above? And I thought about it, but then I was just like, no, I don't know. So the Niners are the class. They're going to be 11 and five. Debo Samuels, you know, is looking like he'll be back for week one. Um, you know, we got to get Jarek McKinnon up and running. We got to get Brandon Ayuk completely healthy, probably week two. And Jimmy G, you know, he still needs some help. They're going to miss DeForest Buckner, but they, you know, they still got D Ford and they, you know, There's so much a, depth in that defense. Drafted a cat sure. and they got Bosa and all these guys. So, um, and, you know, and the other big kid from uh, Oregon is still there, Arik, right? So they're, they, Armstead, they're, they're still tough. And, and I think 11 and 5 and Shanahan is the boy genius. Him and Lynch got it going with the extensions as well. They get the division. The Seahawks, I think if they, if the offensive line and defensive line was better, they'd win this division and clear cut like Super Bowl champs the whole nine. But I do think it's Russell Wilson's season. I think getting Greg Olson. When Carlos Hyde gets healthy, and then you got Chris Carson, and then you've got Lockett, Metcalf, 
Josh Gordon, I think he's got a plethora of dudes. And don't sleep on Greg Olson. He's not done yet. He just knows how to get open, and he's a big boy and a great tight end. He'll be better than what Graham was supposed to be for Russell. And so they'll be 10-6 and six wild card and, and ready to make some noise. The Rams, I just – I love Ramsey. I love Aaron Donald. He's the best player in the NFL pound for pound. We all know it. It's just defense. We don't like to give them love. But I just – I don't love the linebackers, and I'm not sure who they are offensively. Do you bank on Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and does Van Jefferson come to help out? Does, you know, Higby and, and Everett at the tight end? And then is it Cam Akers? You know, Daryl Henderson's banged up. The offensive line, they actually didn't improve it at all. It's still the exact same. And then, you know, your left tackle got a year older, and he's like, you know, almost 40 in uh, Wentworth. So I, I, I just – 6 and 10, and then the Cardinals, an improved 6 and 10, which, honestly, Ray, they, I just don't like the secondary. I love Chandler Jones. Their defense will get a little bit better. I love Buda Baker. I think they overpaid him on their little you know, safety bump there. But I just think they're another year away. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Cardinals were 8-8. Eight and eight. You know what I mean? I, I think Kirk, Hopkins, Fitz, and healthy Kenron Drake and Chase Edmonds backing him up, and they're, you know, Arnold at tight end and uh, the other guy, I think that they've, they've got some weapons. So six and 10, but could be eight and eight, you know? So that's the, the NFC West for me. What do you got? To me, this division is must see TV. I want to see all of these teams, right? Each and one of them is intriguing. Yeah, I think it's the best division in football. It's certainly the most interesting to me. Um, there's no weaknesses here, even Arizona. I also have them as the number four team. I think they could easily be, you know, two or three uh, if, if a couple of games fall their way. But uh, starting at the top, San Francisco, they're the class of the league. Uh, I think that they locked down George Kittle. They have put their, you know, stamp on what they want to do. They got some receiving. They got some speed now. They've got some depth at running back. They've got the defense, even if they lose one defensive line. That's all right. It's just, just a machine. Uh, you, can, <laughs> you can replace a Buckner. You can, you know, you, you've got enough depth. And, and, and we'll see if that philosophy of investing in defensive line, you know, they used to say and build a team from the inside out. So let's see if that works also on defense. So I got San Francisco 11 and five. I think that ultimately they didn't, so much as improve as maybe they just got more confident. They have more, one more year of playing together under their belt. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to make some plays though. If they're going to win the NFC title, I don't think in this day and age of offensive football, I don't think you can do a Trent Dilfer or a Brad Johnson and just manage your way to, you know, a great defense manager way to a Super Bowl. I think you actually have to make plays. Jimmy's got to step up. Jimmy G's got to step up. Speaking of stepping up, your boy Russell Wilson's tremendous. Um, You know what might be written about him is that he never really, really had the talent, offensive talent around him. They've always been a defensive team. That changed a little bit. Yeah, he's doing the most with less. Yeah. The most with less. He's never had a great offensive line. Frankly, he's never had a great offensive player around him, right? He, who's the best offensive player that he's had around Beast mode. 
Beast Mode was the best. You know, if Beast Mode is the best, and he was, uh, and he did get him to the Super Bowl, and all, all he had to do was hand him the football, and they would have won their second title, right? We said that they have one and a half titles. Um, yeah. but, but after that, you know, uh, Tyler Lockett. I mean, these guys are okay. DK Metcalf, okay. Yeah, and Jimmy Graham for a while. Now he's got an over. I think Greg Olson is over the hill. Um, so I'm a little worried about his weapons. I still think Josh Gordon, fine. He's got his issues. But to me, consistently, he hasn't played with. You know, it was like Brady. Well, I think Metcalf is ready to be a number one. I think he's a beast. He's a specimen. I know he's and, physically a beast, and yet he only caught like 35 balls in his whole career at, uh, at Ole Miss. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, look, physically he's a but beast. But he was good last year. He had a good rookie he year. He was very good. He was very good. Yeah. As a rookie, he, he blew me away at how good he was. I thought he'd be, he would take him a few years and a few more reps with Russell Wilson, but he did great. So I got San Francisco 10-6. and six. The – L.A. Rams will be a fantasy juggernaut. I think Goff will throw up 44, 4,500 yards. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, they're all nice. The problem at, at uh, running back, um, I'm not sure I like any of these guys. Um, Henderson or, or, yeah, Cam Akers. I drafted him in one of my leagues, but I'm not sure that's enough to offset what Todd Gurley was a couple years ago. So, to oh, me, yeah. the Rams are – the Rams are okay at eight and eight, and like you, Arizona six and ten. But I think next year Arizona might be ten and six. You know, tell Elijah Dukes happy birthday, Elijah. Well, Duke. yeah, Elijah. I was gonna say Elijah, the birthday boy. Well, oldest son, twenty one. He he thinks his Cardinals are gonna make the playoffs, man. He's ready. Well, you know I what? Think he might I, I think he's, he's a year. He's a year away, but but this is. <laughs> this is exciting. He's ready, That's I think he's exciting ready for time. Kyler Murray to be MVP. He's hyped. Kyler Murray might win an MVP in his career. It might take three, four years, but he might just do that, especially if DeAndre Hopkins, they can lock him up for beyond these two years. And and, and Captain Kirk is the man because by that time, Larry Show will eventually retire. So let's get to the NFC playoffs. Oh, man. The NFC playoffs, homie. Um, I have Minnesota, number seven, going to number two, New Orleans, the Saints win. I have number six, Seattle, going to number three, Green Bay. Seattle wins and gets that done with the upset. Russell over Aaron again. And then I've got Tampa Bay, number five, going to Philly, number four, and Brady on the road in the playoffs gets that win. NFC Divisional Weekend. The Seahawks go to battle number one, the 49ers, in a divisional rematch round three. Niners too much. They edge them. I would want to take Seattle. They just don't have enough offensive defensive line. And then Tampa Bay goes to battle New Orleans in another rematch, and New Orleans edges them. I have number two, New Orleans, going to San Francisco, and Cam Jordan, Lattimore, Malcolm Jenkins, and the defense get it done, 31-27, and the New Orleans Saints go to battle the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl. And I'll just say it so you can finish yours out, the Saints 
wins. Super Bowl Go 55. Drew Brees, 31-26, the Saints over the Ravens, and he gets his second Super Bowl, retires, Hall of Fame. Drew Brees us. He makes up for his faux pas in the offseason where his teammates had to check him on what's about kneeling and racial stuff, and they get the harmony. They reunite, 31-26. Saints get it done. I got to tell you Emmanuel what. We'll Sanders. Have to Emmanuel Sanders is the difference maker. Take us through it. We'll, ha- we'll have to do a show. We'll have to do a show about Drew Brees. If he finishes his career with almost 80,000 yards, two Super Bowls, we, we got to think about where he ranks oh, yeah. and, and that one Super Bowl, what it does to his legacy. So I will say this, NFC, we'll blow through it. Tampa Bay, number seven, squeaks in. They face the number two Green Bay Packers, but lose to Aaron Rodgers with a big chip on his shoulder. Number six, mm. Minnesota plays number three, New Orleans. I think the New Orleans Saints win. And then Seattle plays number five. Seattle plays number four, Dallas. Seattle. So you get the Seahawks play the number one Niners who had the bye. Tough matchup. Third time around. And the Seahawks win. Russell Russell Wilson makes more plays than Jimmy Garoppolo. The defense is good enough for Seattle. Uh, You're being brave. I, I wish I was that brave. I wanted to pick it myself. New Orleans, number three against number two, Green Bay. And even though Brett, that would be a great game, right? Brett Favre against Drew Drew Brees against Aaron Rodgers. I think Green Bay's two just falls a little bit short. New Orleans wins that. And then you have a number three, New Orleans, against a number five, Seattle. New Orleans wins 30 to 21. And goes to Super Bowl 55, where they meet Patrick Mahomes. Holmes. My, that was my Super Bowl brand last year. Yeah. Yep. Except that I think that Patrick Mahomes repeats. The last time we had a repeat was 2003-2004 with the New England Patriots, and I think we'll have it again. The league has not yet caught up to San, uh, to San Francisco. Sorry, to uh, to Kansas City and Patrick Mahomey. I think that offense is too much. Uh, they make enough plays on defense where they, in a league that you can't really play D, you can't be tremendously physical, I think that they just still have a little bit too much firepower. It's almost like, you know, the greatest show on turf. In 99, they won it. And then in 2000, there were some injuries, right? And then the Ravens won it. And then in 2001, they were a 14-point favorite, and it really took Tom Brady and Bill Belichick to beat them. But essentially, the greatest show on turf should have won two out of three Super Bowls. So I think Kansas City's like that. They're going to win two straight Super Bowls. They're just that good. I like it. I like it. So here's my postseason awards. Your guy that you were brave enough to get him to the NFC Championship, I haven't fallen short, but he – is not going to stay short forever, even though he is. His it's game is <laughs> Russell, Russell, Russell Wilson is my MVP. My offensive poet on the MIC, Lamar Jackson is the offensive player, and he still gets busy on cats and does what he needs to do. The defensive player of the year. I was going Aaron Donald. I was going Shaq Barrett. 
I was like bouncing around and I said, you know what? My Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have a good season. And TJ Watt comes back to the Steelers. Crazy and get close to Strahan's record, close to uh, probably 20 20 sacks. The coach of the year, I'm going with the original boy genius, Bill Belichick, okay? From the Giants, D.C., to the coach of the Patriots, Belichick. What he does with Cam Newton. Wait, wait, he was the coach of the Jets for one day. One day. Uh, Both teams, us Jet fans, Ray and Tay, our second favorite team is the Jets. God bless them. And hopefully to get rid of Adam Gase. We didn't even mention him on the show. That guy's got to get out of town. And then, Let's have an Adam Gase moratorium. Never mention his name. Uh, that will be the last time. The Offensive Rookie of the Year, I'm going back to Charm City. Watch what this Ohio State Buckeye does. We will almost forget about Whoop, whoop. Mark Ingram, now J.K. Dobbins is going to set the NFL on fire. He is a special Wow. Talent. Okay. of the year. It, I mean, this is the Terminator. Chase Young and the Washington football team defense with Carrigan and all those boys and, and, and Allen and the Bama kids. Watch what Chase Young He's going to physically just flip offensive linemen. This kid is a manimal. He's defensive rookie of the year, and next year he might be defensive player of the year. And then I finish up with the comeback. Now, this was hard, you know, because Big Ben, I think, could easily win it. And, of course, I know you got the sensitive vote with, you know, Alex Smith, but I just don't think he'll play. But I think coming from the most recent MVP, and Ben's never won one, Cameron Jarrell Newton is going to shut up all the people, even the haters in Boston, even the people who kicked him out of Carolina and they did him dirty. Cameron Jarrell Newton is going to light the Patriots and the AFC on fire, and he will get the comeback player of the year. And then I finish off with the fantasy player of the year. It's going to be your man. You talk about the contract, Ray. Dalvin, I am the chef cook in Minnesota is going to do yeoman's work. He'll get more passes out of the backfield since they don't have digs, and he will pound the rock, give you like 14 touchdowns, and Dalvin Cook will be the fantasy stud. Rush for 14, 1,500 yards. I like it. I like it. So I got to tell you, you're wrong on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I like your players, and, and all your players might come in second. I'll tell you who will come in first. Okay, break it down. The MVP, the most valuable poet on the MIC, is a young fella who's been just his whole career and always comes and rises to the occasion, Deshaun Watson. Even though he – and this is why he'll win MVP, because you take away a, a top two, top three receiver, he'll still throw for 4,500 yards, throw for – and don't forget, he's got reliable Randall Cobb. Randall uh, Cobb. Randall Cobb's a nice little slot receiver. He's got Will Fuller to take to to take the, the deep passes, and Brandon Cook ultimately is the uh, is is the X factor there. But I think that Deshaun Watson will lead them to the division title, losing Andre Hopkins, incorporating David Johnson, and leading this team to the second best record in the AFC. I think gets him the MVP. He'll throw up tremendous stats. And I just think more than anything, he's a winner. He's elusive. He's a winner. 
he will he's probably he's Jordan. He's MJ, like his coach said. Well, I don't know if he's MJ, but he's certainly uh, <laughs> keeping his coach employed. Because you know, you and I both talked about this that years ago uh, he should have been gone. Yeah. Bill O'Brien, although he's got part of the GM responsibilities too, so he's got probably some job security down there. And when it comes to pure stats, and it's always interesting when you have MVP and Offensive Player of the Year, and they're not the same guy, but Offensive Player of the Year, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. He just has too many weapons. It's like playing pinball over there, video game style. Uh, yeah. So even though Lamar Jackson probably does the same thing, I always have the fear that Lamar Jackson might get hurt. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, that's, I mean, he, he'll just throw up another tremendous year. Defensive player of the year, I'm going with the best defensive player. It's almost like taking LeBron James in basketball, Mike Trout in baseball. I'm going yeah. with Aaron Donald. He's the best defensive player in the game. He's so no reason why he shouldn't win the award, right? He and Khalil Mack are, are just, you know, tremendous players at their position. Coach of the year, I'm going to go with the division-winning Sean Uh-oh. McDermott. Ooh. Buffalo Bills win the division. Anybody that snatches a division from Bill Belichick could win or should win coach of the year. So they win the that. division, coach of the year, offensive rookie of the year. That's your boy in Cincinnati right there. Joe Burrow stays home, stays in Ohio, and inherits Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green, Joe Mixon, and basically is like, let's go, fellas. They're going to be behind a lot. They're going to throw up a lot of points. He's going to have tremendous numbers for a rookie. I hope that he puts up big numbers, and I hope that he's here to stay and doesn't do a Baker Mayfield and, you know, have one good year and then kind of fizzle after that. Defensive rookie of the year, this is for your boy Elijah Dukes out there in Arizona, Isaiah Simmons. It's very rare in this day and age. Again, I'm going to use the basketball analogy. He is a positionless player in the sense that this dude could play in the secondary. He could play linebacker. He could rush the quarterback. He may be a little small to be, you know, getting it mixed up, you know, in three-point stance a little too much. But he he is just a tremendous no, a football player. He is a, a an asset to any defense, and I think that all you need is some, you know, coach him up a little bit. He's he's gonna have he's gonna be a playmaker. I mean, he's gonna be like a Lawrence Taylor. Type you know, it's so not... He's kind of like what they had. He's a little bit bigger, but he was like Tyron Matthew that they got rid of. Tyron Matthew, you know what I mean? So, yeah. but yeah, well, you're Tyron right. Matthew but you know, he's secondary exclusively. But yeah, I mean, he could play a little linebacker at this time. Um, but yeah, he, he's a he's just a playmaker. I, I yeah. love his game. He reminds me of Derwin James more than than Tyron Matthew, but he's. He's special, Ray. He's yeah. He's he's gonna be right in that little mix of like a a mining you of Derwin James, Troy Polamalu. Like he's 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 uh, he's for real. Comeback player of the year is Alex Smith, partially because you know leg injuries are so gruesome, and to see him How does he go get down, it if he doesn't play though. You think he's gonna play? Yeah, I, I frankly I'm not a Haskins fan. I think that Haskins is gonna. Uh, Basically, wear out his welcome in Washington pretty soon. Oh, that's another team that might be in the <laughs> that might be in the mix for one of those top quarterbacks if their season doesn't go so well. So yeah, I think Alex Smith by week five or six is, is starting and start the rest of the year. Fantasy football player. I took this as 
the guy that you may not expect to be a stud that is a stud or the guy that has question marks, and I'm going to go with a rookie. And I usually don't go with rookies, but I'm going to go with your boy Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, another LSU guy, another Kansas City guy. Think about this. If you ever double-teamed him, if you ever put, you know, you tried to put seven, eight in the box to stop him, you're dead. You're dead. It's unfair. It's almost like video games. (laughs) Right? So to be the running back, and you got to think Kareem Hunt is, is, you know, with his off-the-field stuff, I mean, he was – he he just lost a, a huge opportunity. Hey, he just got a little payday. Day. Good for him, though. He did. Round he a did. little he money. Got a little but I would love to be the Kansas City running back. You know, just oh, slot yeah. me in. I mean, talk about opportunities galore. So anyway, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, that's my guy. And uh, I think, look, I think it should be a great NFL season. Uh, what you said would be very interesting about the home field and even thirteen thousand fans. Is that is that enough in a stadium that's cavernous that can hold 70,000? Is 13,000 enough to feel a home field event? I guess it's better than, than 50 fans or no fans. Well, and then but, I think uh, they're going to pump in noise in the other stadiums, right? I mean, it's really – this is uh, the NFL. This is where the commissioner's got to earn some of his money because you got to make sure that there is some sort of competitive balance, Ray. And listen, we got to do this just for the, for the fans. Tomorrow, September 10th, the kickoff in Kansas City, Chiefs favored 10.5 over the Texans. I'm going to take the Chiefs to win, but there's no way they're going to win like 31-20. I think we're going to have a little uh, 34-30 Chiefs beat the Texans in a great opening game. As I sit back and your boy Tay watches the game as he turns 50, ladies and gentlemen. Tay turns 50 and watches the Chiefs and gets ready for his Steelers to spank the Giants on Monday Night Football. Let's kick off the season. Let's go! Let's go! Shout out. Happy early birthday. We definitely have some uh, some celebrating to do after some long-distance celebrating. But, yeah. Looking forward to this season. Hope, Who wins just, the game? hope we get Who 15 game, games. Man? Oh, I got the Chiefs. I don't even think it's going to be close. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think ultimately the Chiefs are so much better than everybody else. Houston might, you know, they might even have flashbacks to the playoff game where they thought they had something and then boom, <laughs> 28 nothing, it vanished. Isn't it wins. The Chiefs can score. That's what's so scary, right? Like, you think the season goes over, and the next thing you know, boom, they win. You think the Texans got them, and then by halftime, they're up by, like, 20. Like, it's crazy how fast the Chiefs can just score the ball. Yeah, yeah. So, so no lead is ever safe unless you can run the ball and ask the Atlanta Falcons about that, right? Run the football. So, I think the Chiefs win 33-24. All right. So we both got the Texans with the spread for all those betting people that listen to the show. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this was fun, Ray. Listen, you know, I mean, we'll have to figure out a time where we chime back in. You know, our fans still, you know, support us. 
You know, we're not back to a regular schedule. But, you know, every once in a while, Rain Tay will have to jump in and just give you all a little something. And maybe the I next mean, we time. we got to talk basketball, too. Look, the well, Raptors, I was going to say, before the NBA time, shout out to the Miami Heat. And we will definitely have to come back in probably for the East and Western Conference oh, Finals. Oh, I missed that one. No. I and maybe the NBA Finals. But did the Celtics win tonight? They're in overtime right now. Celtics are up 102-101 in overtime. Wow. They're going to win this series. Toronto but has a lot of heart. NBA, they do. Nick Nurse is one of the best coaches in the league, and he deserves Coach of the Year. The question is, is next season the last season for Giannis in Milwaukee, right? And we'll, we'll have to talk about that. Because even if he didn't get hurt, right, they were already down 3-0. So, you know, and they won game four without him. I just I, – I, I don't like the comment that he was a Pippin, but he does need a serious – Pippen to help him win, you know what I mean? And and Bledsoe and Middleton are not it, but Giannis does need, you know, he needs a perimeter two or three or point somebody to help him, you know, to get over the edge. You know, and 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 unfortunately, Chris Middleton's not that guy. Uh, very yeah, very very good player. player. He's not your second. Well, he's a well, he's an overpaid third player. Then right, you don't give a oh, third player oh. a max contract no, like that uh, they had to, to that's try why and keep I, him. you got to talk about if Giannis will stay because how can you improve the team unless you do a deal that moves a first round pick Bloodsoe and Middleton to get back you know something something legit you know 100% are you better if you move Bloodsoe and Middleton and brought in Chris Paul and Gallinari. Are you better next season? Yeah, but I wouldn't do it for Chris Paul at this point of his career. No, Giannis has got do. 10 yeah. years ahead of him. You know, you might go for a, I mean, you might even take a gamble on like a Shea Gilgis Alexander as your point guard. You still need that number two. You still need that, you know, I don't know if it's Bradley Beal or you need somebody that, that fills that the number guy. two. That, you just said it right there. I think but it's a Bradley. I, yeah. I feel for Giannis because I don't. I shouldn't say that. I feel for Milwaukee because yeah. I really would love to see him stay. I really don't want to see all the play. talented people going to New York, Philly, and L.A. And you know, I, I would love to see Milwaukee keep Giannis you, and win with trade, him. Could you trade Middleton and Bloodsell and get Ben Simmons if Philly wants to move on? The fact that a guy who handles the ball so much can't shoot bothers me. In this NBA, look look at Russell Westbrook. A guy and that's the problem with Giannis. Three, he can't shoot, so Ben Simmons is not going to help you win the chip. Yeah, a guy who's won three straight MVPs and can't shoot is a liability at the end of the game. And Russell Westbrook's, uh, Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook's a Hall of Famer, a first ballot Hall of Famer, a league MVP. But in this league that doesn't play D, you, you have to be able to shoot. You have, so all those kids out there, go shoot. Go to shooting camp. Go figure out how. Not, not Pete Newell's big man camp. Go to shooting no. camp. Go to, go to Steph Curry's shooting camp. Exactly. Anyway, Ray Allen shooting we, camp. We end. We'll get to the NBA, but the NFL is here. Sit back, enjoy. Be safe with your family. Enjoy some fun. It is entertainment. 
let's hope that everything stays peaceful and let's just hope we have let's just hope we have some good some good football to watch, Ray. You know? Absolutely. Till next time, Ray and Tate today, we are out. Peace. Here we go, Pittsburgh. Here we go. Here we go, Pittsburgh. Here we go.